Welcome to the penultimate episode of the Flash Flashcast. With you as always, I'm Lisa Schmeiser, and with me as always are Phil Mozilak. What's up, Shark? <laughs> and do you like Shark Week? How do you feel about Shark Week? <laughs> Love it. Yeah. And Tony Sindelar. Hello, nerds. Do you have any strong feelings about Shark Week? I have a lot of strong feelings about Shark Week. Uh, yeah. See one of my other Twitter accounts for that. So. Uh. <laughs> Very nice. So we saw a week in which um, there was an illusion. There was a shout out to Jaws. There was Killer Shark, of course. We got a little bit of an arrow crossover with both a Felicity Smoke text message and a whole lot of time with Lila, who is still trying to adjust to being the mother of a son and not a daughter. Um, we also got a whole lot of Legends of Tomorrow backstory ignored with Captain Cold and um, evidence that Caitlin may be working on the inside. And um, a big thing happened this episode. A very big thing. Huh. Mm-hmm. It's true. It was. So I'm, it's on me to do the flash, 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 cast, flash, flash, cast, flash recap. Now, fla- we should Just, call it flash. Guys, you know, I can't believe it's the second to last episode, and I've only now thought about calling it the flash cap. That's wow. Wow. Oh. That's, just the, that's just the way innovation works. <laughs> Randomly and uselessly. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's a first-to-market problem, so, uh, yeah. you know. Yeah, all right, so the Flash Flash Cap is coming up. Um, Tony, when you give me the, the go-ahead, go I will start. Uh, all right, uh, I've got my device here ready. I'm going to give you a, a countdown. It sounds Three, good. two, one, go! It's come to this, Barry is a murdery time-traveling maniac, and Leonard Snart is your voice of reason for this episode. Uh, More specifically, he lays out a plan we could all remember, which is make the plan, execute the plan, expect the plan to go off the rails, throw away the plan. It's how he approaches his work, and I feel like you could actually spin a productivity book out of this. Why did Barry travel back in time to pull Leonard Snart out of his Legends of Tomorrow plotline? And which Leonard Snart did he get? We don't know. Point is, he got a Leonard Snart because he needs somebody to break into Argus to get the alien technology that can power the boomstick that will presumably lay Savitar out. Snart, who can't resist it breaking into anything anywhere and probably secretly really likes hanging out with Barry, goes <laughs> along with it. They have they have antics, they have adventures. The face-swapping technology finally comes into play, vindicating my obsession for an entire season. All looks like it's going to be saved, except no, because although Joe and company had the brilliant idea to stash Iris in Earth 2 and keep her away from Savitar. That way, HR blabs the location. Savitar comes. Everyone seems to forget that he sits separately from the suit. He puts their heart on everybody. And sure enough, by the end of the episode, Iris is dead. All right. That was like a minute and eight seconds, uh, oh, which, you know, but there was a, snark, there's a lot. Of, yeah, it's the snark plan. Yeah. This, this was yeah. conceivably what I would have liked to have seen two episodes pushed together and smushed into one episode they could have mm-hmm. dropped any episode in almost inside of this season and made this two episodes and i would have been a lot happier uh, that's a good point because the yeah. pacing is off well um, I, I didn't know we were already well, getting not down pacing to the, there's just well, i guess pacings are all wait there's just so much stuff crammed into 50 minutes because well, why are we at deadline day today i, yeah. I don't understand i like i was like wait a minute this is the day all of a sudden mm-hmm. today is the day yeah. 
And um, there were, so among the things I didn't mention in the recap, there's a conversation between Caitlin and Savitar, which suggest, well, actually, Killer Frost and Savitar, which suggests that Caitlin is actually working to take control and Savitar hasn't noticed when she is in control. Mm-hmm. And because my sense with that conversation where she's like, you have the same memories as Barry. You remember falling in love with Iris. Do you really want to do this? And he's like, yes, I do. And I thought, you know what she's doing is she's poking and prodding at his defenses. She's trying to figure out where she can get in. Does anybody remember what her eyes were doing at that time? Because now they were brown. Oh, yeah, brown. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, and and he didn't either. He didn't notice, or he's hoping that she'll have something. Mm-hmm. But but um, so we had the Caitlyn thing, and then at the very end, Snart does his Barry stop trying to beat Savitar on his terms. You know, your goodness is your strength. Use it that way, and. Um, so I think between those bookend discussions where, where it basically comes down to look at strength of character that's going to beat this guy, I, I, I think they're laying the groundwork for something in the finale. But if it's love, love heals everything, then I'm just like the next flash flash cast is just going to be like 15 minutes and you go, yeah, 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 you know, and just making a series of increasingly high-pitched squawks. Yeah, that, that don't worry, folks. That was not your overcast uh, completely getting hosed right there. That was just simply No, that sounds. was me completely getting hosed. That was a preview of next week. <laughs> That's a better preview than the one we got at the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. So um, what was really, I wouldn't say surprising, but what was refreshing was how much fun this episode was. Mm-hmm. Leonard Snart provides a lot of fun. Is uh, you know, I kind of wish there had been a little bit more of him across the various shows uh, this this season because because uh, I don't think they really got the full. Especially, I mean, one of his appearances was like he was a hologram in a mirror back when they yeah. fought, and I was like, Meh. yeah. I mean, I know I know Leonard Snart is a controversial figure on this podcast uh, because two thirds of us uh, love him dearly, and one third of us is represents the. Dissenting opinion, um, <laughs> but Leonard Snart is the best, and yeah. it's yeah. it's the fact of knowing a person. That's all. But I yeah. will tell you, uh, Tony, your notes change, your though. notes were chewing mm-hmm. about chewing the scenery. I could yeah. hear the scenery in his cheeks. I think especially I think in his first oh. his his first scene when he's like <laughs> hanging out outside the Wave Rider in Soviet Russia, which is clearly shot in Vancouver. Um, yes. <laughs> like he seemed a little extra, like amped up. Like I haven't gotten yeah. to do this in a while. What what volume level do I go at again? Well, um, so I'm watching Prison Break right now, the reboot, and in that um, Wentworth Miller has to play Michael Schofield, who is this very buttoned down and repressed and holds his cards close to the vest type of guy, and basically his entire gig over there is whispering and looking panicked most of the time. And I imagine if you're an actor, it must be a pleasure to go from a job where it's like, all right, now, now whisper and clench your fist to, okay, here is a piece of scenery. Can you please chew this into the shape of a heart? Oh, sure. Um, so, so it was fun. It was, it must be fun to play because it's, mm-hmm. he always seems like he's having a really good time with it. And just the way when Barry's like, I have to save Iris. She's my fiance. And Captain Cold's all, mazel tov. <laughs> that, that was pretty good. <laughs> I was dying. <laughs> He's and got, and like when he is trapped in the in the in the vault, and he's like, "If Cisco gets me out of here, I'll put in a good word with my, his sister." And it's no, like, you know, strong. that was strong. Yeah. Like, you know what? He's about to be possibly eaten by a giant man shark. But like, he's you know, he's gonna go out quipping because he's Captain Cold. He's ready. He's, um, he's referencing the deep cuts there too. It, yeah. It just, and at the end, he's like, "Well, at the wedding, don't put me at the singles table." <laughs> And they were doing self-referencing again with yeah. with yes. Jaws, and like we really don't have that much money to use the shark, so yes. we're going to give you I some a little bit. I thought that was bit. the like 
Yeah, the biggest wink at the camera with that line. Yeah. yeah. In Jaws, they didn't show the shark much because they didn't have the budget. And I was like, oh, my God, you're delightful. Like, the fact that Snart is a Shark Week fan, and it's like, no, no, he's probably partly cold-blooded, so let's just let him take a nap. And I'm like, oh, he likes sharks. Like, but, but, like, what I don't get is, like, they went through that whole little debacle of, like, Barry's a murderer now because he was going to freeze King Shark. Like, mm-hmm. no, number one, I'm not really... I, I don't condone murder normally, but I don't think, I mean, King Shark, if, if he froze him and it killed him, I mean, it, it would be sad, but like, it's not, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I just don't see it as murder, but like, it's all right. <laughs> I know that doesn't even make sense, but, but like, well, yeah, I guess but the they had this whole passing of the animal, Is it really murder? Does murder only apply to humans or does it apply to part humans? Okay. I, He's, it, murder applies to part humans. Let okay. me be the voice of reason here. All right. <laughs> Hear ye, hear ye. This 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 edition of Metahuman Court is now in justice. It's now in session. Partial humans count as humans and are protected by all the regulations thereof. So I think the issue is killing King Shark in cold blood is not okay. And he's literally like locked in a cage. So you can't just walk into his cage and shoot him. So yeah, yeah I mean because because Barry could just walk away. It's not self defense or anything. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I it was a little played up, but yeah, I mean, I think the idea is uh, that it's it's hard to do non lethal shots with uh, the the frost mm-hmm. gun, also, especially yeah. if you're a, a biologically compromised half shark, half human. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just the, the episode zipped along for forty five minutes because that was the Barry and Snart team up, and the actors have great chemistry, and the two characters who play off of each other. Um, it's it's the same thing every time where they're like, perhaps there's some good in you, and perhaps there's some bad in you. And um and they say that literally every time they get together, but <laughs> yep. still it's good, like <laughs> it's so good. It's like it's like it's like, you know, having dinner with your ex and you're like, There's a reason I broke up with you, and there's a reason why I'm having dinner with you. Ugh. Um it so, sounds like there's a lot of something deeper deeper set in that, but we're going to keep it PG right now. But I think I know where you're at. <laughs> yeah. You're, yeah, but I just, I, I love when Barry and Captain Cold team up. I really do. And in the Berlanti-verse, they've made so many references to Leonard Snart's innate moral compass. You know, like he's Mayor Snart in some universes, or mm-hmm. he's like the defender of the freedom in, on other planets. So... um what I'm saying is the Berlanti verse seems to come down real heavily on the side of nurture in the nature versus nurture debate. <laughs> and um, they also seem to always be like, it's like the writers are, are canny enough to say, well, we can always lay the, the groundwork for a redemption plot line and then either kill him off like we did in season one of Legends of Tomorrow or, you know, give him his own show if, the, if, if, if that's the way he wants to go with it. Um, so that was fun. Um, other things I did like, like I said, I like the illusion that Caitlin is, by illusion I mean A-L-L-U-S-I-O-N, that Caitlin is possibly wresting control from Killer Frost. And because um, we get that conversation where it really seems like she's trying to bottom him out. And this also, and the, um, I think it also nicely bookends with her back scene with Cisco when Killer Frost is back in control and she's like, I have to kill off Caitlyn, so I'm killing you off. And I thought, okay, this is it. Maybe maybe Caitlyn's holding on to her friendship with Cisco as like her touchstone that lets her get back in charge of the body and the personality. And Killer Frost is like, well, if I if I put the hurt on Cisco, then I can get the body full time. So I think we're going to see some something big next week. The question remains whether or not Killer Frost sacrifices herself. 
Okay. There's got to be some sacrifices coming, right? Well, like, yeah. Like I think Killer Frost, I, HR seems to be exactly. being set up, right? I mean, yeah. he's on the major guilt trip for, uh, I guess, I mean, he blames himself. I, I thought Cisco did the pretty good kind of, I mean, he seemed to sincerely believe that, like, mm-hmm. you know, it could have been any of them. Um, clearly, yeah. this this is the culmination of Star Labs has no security policies for anything, right? There's, like, they, uh, don't have, some glaring they don't have thing. a code word, yeah. um, mm-hmm. which is funny with the kind of parallel to Argus, where it's like, we know who you are, Director Lila, but still, we want to see your badge, we want to scan your eye, which the tech covers, and we have a code word of the day. And um, Elvis Banana, and she's yeah. like, what? Yeah. Um, so yeah, Star Labs could learn a little bit um, mm-hmm. because you know we, there's there's a lot of speedsters out there. Don't don't turn over classified information to anyone who who wishes into your headquarters. Mm-hmm. Um, well, look, guys. So, I mean, let's look yeah. at the very the very end. Okay, now mm-hmm. there's something. It's a Where's Waldo moment where mm-hmm. we learned early in the season. HR is holding the gun. What happened? Now Joe is holding the gun. Joe does not mm-hmm. fire one shot as his daughter. Now, this starts to lead me down my primrose path where mm-hmm. this story could go. It's going to look, I made a note of it. It's going to make the audience retarded because if if they do this wrong, it's it's the worst thing ever. If they do it right, I'll be very, very happy. Yeah. In fact, I'll maybe even say that maybe I'll go on with the show if it's good, but yeah. I'm not going to promise anything. However. I think that we've now come back to the transmogrifier uh, mm-hmm. once more into the breach. I believe that that is not uh, Iris that is getting stabbed. Iris, HR maybe? I, well, no, because HR looks at uh, Scimitar's Scimitar. <laughs> before he leaves. So I believe, and well, he, said, yeah. he said early in the season. Oh, mm-hmm. it's armor. You can, you, you know, armor against armor, you can stab through it and you can hurt yeah. what's inside. So I think that's going to happen. But I believe mm-hmm. that actually Joe is Iris. If you notice, Joe when, Joe, when he gets up, like when he's upset that he saw Iris die. Do you think Iris sacrificed himself for Joe? I mean, and vice versa. Like, in other words, they did a switcheroo of some sort. Yes. So some, somebody, my, it's not, I, Iris is not Iris. Joe is mm-hmm. Iris. Who was, well, so here's the thing, though, because we saw Iris gets carried away by Savitar, right? That's yeah. that's the trick. So it this has to be somebody. Is, yes. This is the slight So it has to be someone. Well, could mm-hmm. it be Jesse Quick or someone like that? Because she's unaccounted for in all this, right? Yeah. And is for she back on reason. Earth? Is she back on Earth with her dad or did she go flash in a, in, a, in like on a, three. Yeah, so she wouldn't have gotten oh. time to get in touch with it with yeah. okay. H- with with uh, Harry. No, unless so. there's some something happened they, off scene. They, this um, is what, what, what yeah. they, they did it somehow. Does this happened? I, I don't, see. The thing is that technology isn't body swapping. It's you know you're like just like it's face of, changing. Which yeah. the, the the only reason it can't be the physicist who invents stuff. No, but it's you, not. You, it, but you can't just you camera. can't just put that tech. Yeah, you can't just put that technology on Joe and expect him to turn to Iris though, because it's face well, technology, not body they tr- technology. They turned Barry into Lila. Exactly. Oh they've wow! Yeah, they've it. introduced that possibility. You're right. Yeah, yeah they've so already shown it. And the thing is, here's the part that they're gonna get wrong if they do it. If they do it the wrong way, which mm-hmm. is while Savitar was was breaking Wally's knee open. 
Oh, that was they're, so grim. They're they're going to end up showing. They're going to end up showing the scene while that was going on. What was mm-hmm. going on to distract Savitar so he couldn't see the switcheroo that was getting played? Yeah, because I was a little. I have to admit, when I was watching that scene, um, I was like, "Did they not remember that Barry? Could, that that evil Barry?" Um, I feel like we should come up with a really good name for Evil Barry because Savitar is ridiculous. But um, <laughs> leftover Barry, Evil Barry, um, Barreled Allen. Did they not know that Remnant Barry, Remnant Barry, um, the guilty Remnant? They they already know that he can move around separately from the suit. So them spending all this time fighting the suit, like, was it because they were all just struck with panic and horror, or were they like, okay, this is our Plan B? Because that's another thing that kind of amazes me about Team Flash is in however many years of do-gooding and dealing with villains that they've had, they should know that double crosses happen all the time and that plans never go according to plan. And so maybe Leonard's whole, you know, make a plan, execute the plan, the plan goes, the plan doesn't work, throw it away. Maybe that's supposed to be, you know, they have that same thing too. And and again, Leonard is not so different from them. I, cause... I like the idea that like the entire heist was not just mm-hmm. a heist for the sake of having a heist and for yeah. the sake of having King Shark and Captain Cold, but like a little reminder of all the things we're supposed to keep in mind. Like yeah. we have face swapping technology and we know that plans mm-hmm. never go the way they're supposed to, but that's giving them a lot of credit. Uh, yeah, and I don't. I don't know if they've earned. I don't credit. think they've earned it. You're right. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah, fun to, it's fun. It's fun to speculate. Cheap. Yeah, because here's the thing. I don't think they're going to kill off Iris for real and for true. Because if they do, then Barry's basically three for three on loved ones dying, like mm-hmm. on him at the end of each season. And by the end of season six, we're down to like Barry and Cisco, and Cisco's mm-hmm. looking really uneasy because he knows his turn is coming. Yeah. <laughs> um. So my feeling is they have. I, 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 I realize we probably should have been all worked up over, oh, Iris recorded vows from Barry and they're so sweet. And, oh, Iris willingly sacrificed herself for people. And, oh, Barry is helpless to stop her. But I'm like, you know what? Like, Captain Cold doesn't even stay dead. Iris is going to be dead for 10 seconds. It's and- hard with the whole time travel thing, right? Because that's yes. my guess, is something time travel-y will happen, right? Yeah, I mean, or it's- Speed Force. Why the hell hasn't the Speed Force come to collect the remnant yet? And even there's the thing where, uh, I mean, Savitar lets him know the reason it didn't work is because I had the Philosopher's Stone, which he threw into the Speed Force. And it's like, oh, that's very heavy-handed. Maybe Barry goes back in time and fetches the Philosopher's Stone or keeps himself from throwing it. Like, let's just put this in a safe deposit box instead and make sure somebody who's not me remembers the combination. Uh, yeah, I, I I just miss when the show is a little bit simpler, though, because at this point, there are so many elaborate contingencies and, and so on. And I, I keep thinking, this is not the amount of attention I want to pay about a show about a, a young adult who spends a lot of time running. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I just want to watch him talk to gorillas and and put sharks in jail that you know that seems fine <laughs> uh yeah hey real quick uh when they were uh-huh. down in the um the prison dump over at argus uh mm-hmm. they've got grod in there and did i see yep. cheetah i thought it was uh, you cupid saw from cupid. Arrow. you saw cupid yeah the, the, wasn't there one before cupid i swear it said, it said cheetah and i was like what and I, I think thinking, I missed that. Uh, maybe this is another character that eventually will break out yeah. for one of the two shows. I thought the Suicide Squad reference was a little heavy-handed with, oh, this must be where Waller keeps her Suicide Squad. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't like... Um, 
I find that stuff kind of problematic, mostly because, you know, Suicide Squad belongs to the DC Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. And uh, this, on the other hand, is uh, the the verse. And I like to believe that perhaps whatever their conception of the Suicide Squad is, it's um, not quite the same. Um, it's it's not quite as bad. <laughs> yeah. We can only <laughs> that, hope. Yeah. F- you know, fingers crossed. You know, because they have a much nicer Superman already. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know we can we can we can hope that Batman uh, rises to the challenge of the Berlantiverse in some way, shape, or form, as opposed to being you know angry Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. All right. Or Berlanti just farting in your face. <laughs> Almost so angry. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I just, there's so much. There was so much like. There, there was a lot of good meat in this episode, so I don't want to down mm-hmm. downplay it at all. Because I, I mean, it was a, yeah. I mean, it was really a, a fairly thought out. You know, I thought that it was a little heavy handed with all the clocks. But I think it's like know, one of my favorite ones of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It could very well be. I mean, yeah. it was it was it was actually interesting, and there was it was like there was no real um, fluff inside of it. Like mm-hmm. there was no time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The um, thing I, I I liked was when they finally put two and two together, and Barry was like, "Joe, take Iris someplace where I don't know where she is, because then <laughs> Savitar can't find out." And then Joe's like, "Why have we not thought about hopping dimensions before?" Um, <laughs> you know, again, HR is your weak link there, and um, we had the requisite uh, Tom Cavanaugh, Carl- Carlos Vald. What, what his last name is Valdez, right? Just V A L D E S. We had the rec- we had the requisite Tom Cavanaugh, Carlos Valdez scene where where there's some bonding, um, and I feel like we get one of those every season too. And it's, <laughs> but at but the he same did time, seem like, like he was on the way out. Like yeah. clearly something is is awry. Because he asked, um, yes, what's her, what's her face if she wants to be a Star Labs team member, and he may be wrapping up loose ends and finally doing his thing. Um, that said, I sort of like the idea of this interdimensional romance novel. As he just hops around, <laughs> maybe he teams up with Mixelplick at some point. <laughs> oh just keeps God. moving, just exactly. a bundle, a bundle of belongings on a stick, and he's ready to go. He's like know. a little Kindle in the back that has all his books, and he just yeah. keeps selling. You know, that would actually be like the greatest scam for an author ever. Is you write two or three really good books, and then you just go from dimension to dimension and reselling it every time. <laughs> yeah. Like no lawyers have invented inter inter interdimensional publishing rights yet, so uh, why not? Multiple revenue streams. Where's our show about interdimensional <laughs> publishing rights? Interdimensional lawyers. That's a new Law and Order franchise. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that would be, you know, if you did it right, that would actually be a really great show <laughs> because you'd have questions about what happens if you dispose of evidence on one Earth but mm-hmm. a crime is committed on another, mm-hmm. and what kind it's of mainly mainly jurisdiction, yeah, mainly yeah, jurisdictional problems, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so. Um. Just get old Law and Order alumni to come back and be the grizzled detectives. <laughs> but once again, we're not talking about the show that we actually flashcast on. <laughs> so yeah, I enjoyed this episode a whole lot. Um, it was fun in a way this show hasn't been fun in a while. And although the purpose was grim with, oh, we have to get the, the Philosopher's Stone so that we can build a gun to kill Fragment Me. Mm-hmm. Like... The rest of it was just the, the caper was fun. The back and forth banter was fun. Mm-hmm. This whole season has been just way too mopey, um, and both frustratingly shallow in the sense that there really weren't a whole lot of consequences for Barry's casual 
monkeying around with time. I mean, sure, a couple of baby genders were changed and Cisco's <laughs> down a brother, but, you know, like they just kind of hop, skipped and jumped over that. But there's just been a lot of brooding and mm-hmm. it was nice to have a break from that. I like the idea that, I, and I maybe I'm not entirely sure where uh, Captain Cold was borrowed from, uh, but mm-hmm. I like the idea that this little uh, side trip with mm-hmm. uh, Barry uh, made Captain Cold the slightly better person that like is yeah. like the missing piece on his arc to sacrificing himself in Legends of Tomorrow. Spoilers yeah. for Legends of Tomorrow. Um, so, yeah. like, Although, I like, like that. The thing is, is, they bring him back on Legends of Tomorrow regularly, too, because they just yes. keep plucking him out of different time streams you know and having what? him work. The lesson is that he's great, and they need more of him. I mean... Just everything he says, even the thing where uh, we're like, oh no, we're at this lock and we're going to describe the lock to Cisco and Cisco's mm-hmm. going to tell us how that lock is totally. And, and it's like, no. Captain 37 Cold is- seconds. Yeah. You should get their money back. <laughs> oh. Yeah, the so, lock door so that, can, that, can, that can basically is nuke proof. Mm-hmm. But I, I just want, I was like saying to myself, yeah, the door is nuke proof, but is the entire room like, come on, we've been yeah. down this path. I, I sort of like the idea of there's there's the mushroom cloud and at the end of it standing is still the door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, everything else is gone. There's just a shark on the other side holding a doorknob and looking really puzzled. <laughs> I did think they, they did kind of, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess this is, a, we spent a lot more time with Captain Cold in this mm-hmm. episode than we probably usually get him, especially even in Legends of Tomorrow because he's, he's part of the team. Uh, yeah. I guess I, I had thought of him as more of a mastermind uh, and this, this seems to suggest that he's actually, maybe he's not so much uh, a person who comes up with amazing plans but uh is a person of amazing skills who's yeah. pretty good at improvising right because because i thought the whole like i throw out the plan i was like really i yeah. thought the whole idea was that like you live and die by the plan um but maybe that's just not funny to say so yeah you know well maybe th- there's that military saying that private prior yeah. planning prevents poor performance mm-hmm. and um maybe 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 in his own way he does that and he and it's not like Michael Schofield level, here are all my plans and they're tattooed all over me and this is what's going on, this is what's going on. But instead it's like, well, I know I'm, I'm going from A to B. I wanted to take the straight route. I see we've detoured. Fortunately for us, I have snacks. And, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and snacks is his ability to pick locks or whatever. Um, yep. Or he has that so, little cold bomb that he throws into yeah. the uh, the cell. So he's he's prepared for a variety yeah. of situations that yeah. involve yeah. opening doors or making things mm-hmm. colder than they are. Um, but yeah, the the more I think about this, the more I agree with Moses' assessment that this should have been a two parter because mm-hmm. I feel like whatever they're doing with Caitlin is getting short shrift. I mean, there's yeah. been a whole lot of her doing her own and like what is it about either having a cold gun or cold powers that makes you choose scenery? Because you know her her her. Uh, Killer Frost is also a super scenery chewer. It must just be, you're cold, so so go big. Um, but it would have been nice to get an indication of her working relationship with Savitar and um, whether he's capable of noticing when she shifts between Caitlyn and Killer Frost. And you don't have to have a scene where it's like, you know, Gollum in the cave where it's Killer Frost and Caitlyn talking to each other back and forth because... That's tough to pull off well, mm-hmm. but you could have something where either Killer Frost is unaware that she gets hijacked or she's very aware of it and she's trying to fight triggers. Um, make Caitlyn interesting. Make, yeah. this just, make this justifiable in some way, because what's going to happen next week is we'll have Caitlyn break through for a moment and go, I can only hold her off for so long. Do X, Y, Z. And boom, do deus ex machina. And we'll all be like, oh, okay, I guess it follows, <laughs> you know? So, so yeah, I could complain about that. And this HR crisis thing, kind of, ugh, whatever. You know, I would have liked to have seen more of that um, it was, being built up. Yeah, it was, it was out of nowhere. 
Yeah. It was hard. The, I mean, I think the heist plot was so strong that yeah. all these little character bits, uh, mm-hmm. some of them just get lost in the because yeah. they there weren't enough. Yeah. Like I thought, yeah. I thought the Iris and Joe in Earth Two, like watching the clock, that one that one landed better than the others. But like, yeah, the you HR stuff had kinda, like an entire bottle episode, yeah, around that, and that would have actually been really cool with the idea that it was just the two of them bottoming up because imagine you're joe you're facing the prospect of one of your children dying and the only thing standing in the way is another one of your children preventing it and it would have been just a really great 50 minutes of television if they just sat and talked and he tried to come to terms with it and couldn't or she did and what are the fundamental weaknesses of this episode again good episode enjoyed it a lot yay but it's iris's last 24 hours on earth and she gets almost no say in how she wants to spend them. We don't know if she has no, a no, bucket no, 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 list. No. Of- she got her caviar. Just hold the phone right there. <laughs> no, but you don't. But the thing is, is I, I know where you're going. It would have I- been interesting to see her roll into the beginning of this episode. Like, well, Paris is pretty awesome. So I guess if I don't come back from the dead, I'm glad I went or or something along those lines. Um, we have seen an off. We, we have not seen a whole lot about what's going through Iris's head with a deadline over her head like this. And if you ask me, having an, I realize the show is called The Flash and not The Flash's girlfriend, but having somebody with death hanging over their head, watching people fail to save her repeatedly, it would be really interesting to find out what she's thinking, what she regrets, what she wants to do, what she's going to do with the time she has left. Like, does she just start cutting in front of people line at jitters? Because she's like, look, you can have coffee anytime. I only have like five more of these left before I get stabbed. Um, you know? I, I feel like well, Iris you can have tripped. half you can have about half of that because you're right mm-hmm. it is not the Flash's girlfriend. However, yeah. we have had plenty of episodes that are good episodes that involve the team in a singular way, like kind of more about Cisco or more about uh, even Joe or HR. You know, it's like, you know you have a, you're giving her a little and why not on her quote death day. Give her just a little bit more of well, and th- there were beautiful moments like when Joe sings to her for Pete's sake. That was yeah. an awesome oh, time. It was, now, it was. and I will say there was a, a really good moment there, but I think it was slightly squandered. Is when she gives the ring back to Joe, and Joe takes it. For Joe to take that ring means he has also given up hope. Yeah, yeah. But they squandered see that should have been a fifty. That should have been a fifty-minute episode. Yeah. You know, having just having them talk about everything, like have her have her be like, okay, you know what? I was really mad about how you treated the whole thing, my mom for a while, but I've come to peace with it. And he could have a conversation. Here's one thing we've never found out from Iris. Did she miss having a mother? Like, was there ever a time when when she wished there was another woman in the house? Um, It would have been nice to have a conversation like that. Or would have been nice to have Joe finally like say, you know what? The last few years have just been bananas with with metahumans and so on and so forth. And I'm re- and and I feel like ordinary people like you might get overlooked sometime. I'm really proud that you haven't. Or you know they could talk about hopes, dreams, worst case scenarios. It would have been a great bottle episode. What and happened? you could what happened you could her mom it, yeah. in in Flashpoint. Yeah, I'm not even sure. What yeah, the, I okay. mean, is it that different than I don't know? Yeah, I mean. We don't know, and yeah. it would have been it would have been interesting to have her try to figure out what happens to her dad after she's gone, and have him be like, "No, we're not talking about those plans," or he admits that he's been thinking about them. Like we got none of that, and 
They're both strong actors. They could have pulled off an episode where it's just them talking, and then intermittently across monitors, you see like a flash where Barry's chasing something down. Yeah. Or you hear like Captain Cold say something about sharks and. And then, like, the next week, you actually get what happened. And and it also drags out the suspense a little bit, because then you've got, like, two or three whole episodes devoted to the last 24 hours of Iris's life and how things come together and how they fall apart. And what we got instead was, like, 42 minutes. I agree. I, I was yeah. surprised that where this, I, I you know... I think the episode was so focused around the heist, and then I was mm-hmm. surprised what they tried to kind of wedge into it. I, I was surprised mm-hmm. that we saw the showdown at the, uh, you know, with Iris's death in this episode. Right? I, know, I, I thought yeah. it was good. I thought it was yeah. going to end with everybody's packing up and they're going to go to the thing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, I was. But real I surprised guess I guess you can't spend there. all the the season finale trying to problem solve your way out of Iris's death, though. I, um, I guess. You know, and and there has to be the dramatic arc there, where either Caitlin is redeemed or Caitlin sacrifices herself. We know that's coming. We know there's going to be an HR thing coming because there's always an, there's always a Tom Cavanaugh thing coming, um, and things will be great for like a few minutes, and then something terrible will happen, and boom, that's all, folks, until season four. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, think I, mean, can, I think you, I think I think Tom Cavanaugh's gone. I think he, I I have a feeling that based mm-hmm. around his chops in the flash i think uh-huh. he may have gotten picked up for something and they're swapping to um uh our fr- our friend uh uh dudka dudak uh-huh. and Tracy. dudek yeah there's a reason she's uh yeah there's uh-huh. something there's, going there, on there's a there's a reason she they brought her up um also they well they did have a serious uh gender imbalance for a while there too so you know why not uh why not remedy that, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the sad version would be: what if she's the? What if Caitlin sacrifices herself, and, and then Andrew Deck is the new, yeah, the replacement new science lady? I, I hope be. it's not. I mean, I um, really, I, I suspect it might be. I hope that's not the case. That would. I mean, I, I feel like. You know, I, I I don't necessarily think that they need to kill mm-hmm. characters off, and that that's good for a show. It seems like that's a thing they like to do for drama. It yeah. would. I think it would shake things up a lot if they mm-hmm. lost all versions of hr and caitlin like that's a yeah. lot right or all, all all versions of hr and iris right like i feel like i i mean i wouldn't be surprised if we lose a character um hr seems like the most disposable um mm-hmm. right given his multi you know like like literally they don't even have to report his death there's no paperwork um no. so like um, <laughs> he's expendable kill Tony. yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if anything, he's actually kind of like an insurance liability right now um so <laughs> you know because he's legally dead um but yeah i mean it, it seems it would seem uh i mean i don't know unless they want to double down on the show being dark and cre- and spooky and barry being emo uh yeah. killing off slash chasing away multiple characters i i mean i feel like mm-hmm. I was a little surprised. Did we see Julian at all this entire episode? No. We did not. We did so, not. Like, I mean, there's another character that, you know, mm-hmm. it I, seems like just based on uh, kind of his priority ranking is slightly more expendable than a Caitlyn or an Iris. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. Um, it's time to look up Tom Felton's IMDb and see what yeah, he's got so- coming up. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he could also just be like, "This place is crazy. I'm going back to England." So yeah, it's I need to go dig. I yeah, yeah yeah. I need to go dig someplace and hopefully yeah. not find any magic relics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. 
At this point, I think we're agreed that the cast is going to be down by one or two. The question is how permanent it is. The question is mm-hmm. how Iris comes back. The question is what price Barry extracts. Um, don't forget, we still have um, 1990s version Flash. I'm blanking on the actor's name. Um, we still have him stuck in the speed force. Oh, man. Uh, there's a lot of threats to to yeah. stitch together and in 42 again, like, minutes of this and season. And I want to remind everybody that the Speed Force spent a lot of time in season two chasing Barry down when he screwed up. And mm-hmm. like, why are they okay with the, the remnant of Barry zipping around? Um, that makes uh, no sense. Maybe, uh, maybe yeah. Barry makes a little bit of a, a dealio with the Speed Force, opens it up, yeah. and lets a wraith come out and eat him up. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe they, we, so, they've already kind of done the Wraith solves the problem ending, yeah. so yeah. we saw how that worked out. <laughs> <laughs> so I tell you what, let's make our wild, let's wildest, what, let's make a two part prediction. One, what do you hope happens next week? And two, what is the craziest thing you, sh- you that could happen next week? Who's first? <laughs> uh, like I'm, I'm trying to think of the craziest, and I'm, I'm, I'm coming uh-huh. up, I'm coming so, up so kind of snake my, eyes. Here's the thing: I hope happens next week is I hope Caitlin gets a redemption arc and not a sacrifice arc. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hope it gets to the point where she finally like confronts her damaged side, gains powers over her powers, so we can get rid of this asinine trope that women who get powers are always secretly evil or crazy, and she learns to stop being so afraid of herself and her feelings. I'd love that. Like, that would be great. Um, the craziest thing I would love to see happen on this show is, like, Barry actually wakes up and he's back in Flashpoint, and this entire season was just a weird Speed Force experimentation, and he's actually being punished. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that's called punishing the viewer. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I don't even know where to go from there. Because if that if that were to happen, I would I'd literally like I'd be lifting up people's tables. I just oh, right, it's the Dallas and lift your table. Like so here's 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 my hope. Um, my hope is that Iris is not dead, and whatever mechanism allows for Iris to not be dead is not. Uh, is plausible <laughs> is at least mm-hmm. is at least in some way plausible uh i hope that it does not end with a race between anybody <laughs> um, oh, mm-hmm. and my wild uh crazy hope is uh it ends with uh barry and iris's wedding uh officiated by hr and savitar has been defeated and the savitar suit has to dance the robot at the wedding um, <laughs> There, there we go. The running man. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. I, I'll, ex- I'll, I will accept the Savitar armor as, as the, as the, the beyond crazy point, and then it just mm-hmm. says that's a living. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. If I, 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 th- I just don't want the, there to be body swapping or body switching because that has, was not been grounded, and I don't think that's the case. I think. HR is Iris. I think HR is out. And I believe that so there's there's change over there. Iris is fine. She's not going to die. Just pull out. However, something something will be Barry will have to do something and it will involve running really fast and opening up a portal of some sort to get uh Savitar in there, I think. And it's going to cause some sort of rifting that's going to lead into uh, season four. 
Mm-hmm. Again, we're going to deal with portals again because that's mm-hmm. just the way it does. Somebody may even fall out of a portal, and it, but portals it won't be John do Wesley solve ship. and create a lot of problems. That's in right. the Flash world. So it was great yeah. in season one, or was it season one with the portal? Was that the yeah, first season one, one just ends yep. ends with the portal over yes. uh, over the entire city, and we're like, "What? That's not good." Yeah. <laughs> so some, I think something's oh, going to fall. Mark. Something yeah. something's going to pop mm-hmm. out of that portal. Mm-hmm. Eddie Eddie finally returns. Well, I don't uh, want to say that, but that would be yeah. interesting. <laughs> Eddie and John Wesley ship pop out of a portal, grab Savitar, throw him back in, and high five. Uh, how, about, how about this? How about how about um, Eobard Thon pops out and says, "Barry, I need your help." <gasps> that that would be a pretty good cliffhanger it's, ending. Yes, yes, especially yeah. since those of us who have watched Lessons of Tomorrow would have so many questions after that. Oh my gosh, yeah. that would be great. And I like the actor. I like the actor a lot. So I'd like to, I'd see them. I'd see even more stuff. So um, I think we can wrap up discussion on this. It's been about 40 minutes of talking about this show and an episode that we're mostly very happy with. Um, my conclusion is that Leonard Snart is a lot like a really great condiment and that he's best enjoyed in small doses, but a steady diet would just be nauseating. Um, I've been but- doing everything wrong. So. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean i can't have ketchup soup anymore i don't understand <laughs> it's just that's just called chili um <laughs> my sriracha slurpee and i would like to disagree with you um oh my god isn't there a dc character <laughs> called condiment king or something and you guys are falling yes. right into it okay He's mm. he's a Batman villain. <laughs> of course, oh. he is. And Batman has like the best slash worst villains ever. It's just I, to be fair, I'm only going down this rabbit hole because you asked. I don't think he is so much a villain as a villain created. Uh, who creates him? Is it the Joker or the Mad Hatter? I think the Mad Hatter creates him uh, because he creates a series. He brain controls a series of comics into uh, like stand-up comedians into really bad, uh, dumb uh, villains, which I believe pisses off the Joker because you this, know, this sounds like, his... like it sounds like the plot of like Hellraiser three when the, I, the new I, Cenobites. I wouldn't know. I only watch right. great movies. So <laughs> um, there's yeah. one that kills people with CDs. He's a DJ. Oh. Uh, of course. Oh. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go back to my documentaries. <laughs> my Werner Herzog movies. <laughs> anyway, so I think we've made our predictions for the next week. Um, next week is the final flashcast for season three and possibly the series, depending on how we feel by the end of it. And um, I want to tell you all true believers, subscribers and non-subscribers alike, that the three of us are working behind the scenes to figure out what our summer curriculum is going to be and what we will be bringing to you in the fall too. So if you have any suggestions, feel free to hit us up on Twitter or in the member Slack because um, I can't speak for Moe's or Tony. I do go into the member Slack and check and you can always uh, call, call me up by username if you want me to respond to something directly. Okay? Uh-huh. All right. So, um, once again, thanks for listening to Flash Flashcast. I was Lisa Schmeiser and with me were Tom Ozalak. Help me, Barry. Help me. <laughs> and Tony Sindler. Goodbye, nerds. Goodbye.